and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Sam Guy and Rob Smalden. This podcast is brought to you by Hawking Dynamics, the world leader in innovative force plate technology. Hawking Dynamics takes a user-centric approach featuring a fully customizable cloud-based software that allows users to easily digest and analyze complex force plate data. The technology is constantly evolving, much like an app update for your iPhone. They communicate with users on a daily basis to make their system better. In addition to all of that, they also offer some of the most competitive prices for bilateral force plates on the market. And they're the only force plate company offering a completely wireless system. So, if you want to find out more, check out their easy intro to force plate section at www.hawkingdynamics.com forward slash blog. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Rob and Sam onto the show. So Sam and Rob, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here, guys. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, nice to speak to you. Hey, Matt. How you doing, buddy? All right? Great to be on. Uh, so that's, that's too many things to respond to at once. That was difficult. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> right then, could you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and uh, what you've been up to until now? Right, so we are um, the two individuals or two coaches that make up Cornwall High Performance, and um, we've been successful in that uh, that venture for a little, five or six years now. And our main um, our main business is youth athlete development. I think Sam will probably add a few things to that. Yeah, and of course we've learned a few lessons on the youth athlete development business side of things and, and growing the business because it's our, our main core product, and so. We'd now like to try and help as many other coaches who want to set up something similar, kind of offload our our experiences and things we've learned and our pitfalls and mistakes and all the shortcuts to try and help them um, essentially take control and, and set up their, their own thing as well, which has proved to be a really, really cool and, and rewarding thing. So that's what we're going to discuss today, and then we're going to go on a, a whistle-stop tour of that effectively. Um, we're going to start off with what are the key considerations for practitioners when they start their own business? I think first and foremost um, is to have a, a decent system in place. Um, we've, we've utilized one heavily, and it revolves around um, a, a 6P system, essentially. Um, everything from philosophy through to your your potential as a business uh, and a whole lot in between. Um, so essentially, you, you've got to start with your profile and, uh, and where you place that profile and, uh, and how others see you uh, as an authority in the area. Um, from there, you've got to have all the other things in place, your program, um, your logistics, um, your pricing, your promotional pathway, um, and obviously your your actual coaching performance plan as well, uh, and you'll top that off with your if, how effective your potential is in growing that business. Um, it's a little bit more detail to it, but essentially that's the that's the business model that we work off. So if you if you need to use that as a heading as such, um, you could just fill those uh, boxes in. I think so. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll call it the six P's, and if you if you want to go down through that, like I said, philosophy, program, pricing, promotional pathway, performance plan. Uh, and obviously your potential to to finish there. Cool. So you've let's say you've got this idea for for youth development business. It's a great idea. How do you go from having a great idea to having a session? Yeah, I think uh, the best way to combat this, um, Matt, is to is, is to actually get it going. You can do all the thinking, talking, planning, um, tweaking uh, in the world. Um, if you don't get something going, you're never going to know how the market is going to respond to that and, 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 and how 
how you respond to that as well. So our philosophy with that, if it's a good idea, try and get it going in some format, tweak it based on how it goes, how you respond to it, how your market responds to it. So in our case, uh, the parents and the kids, um, that's going to be your best lessons to, to help drive that business forward. So I think a mistake we see people make is maybe talking about something quite a lot, but not taking any action. Of course, you're not going to learn anything at all by, by, by talking about it. You have to just take that, that leap uh, of faith, get something going. It may go badly wrong, but at least that gives you a platform to, to uh, adapt, tweak and change and then start working it towards something that c- could potentially be really scalable. And like, if, if I, if I look at myself, for example, if I wanted to start a business, um, and I wanted to make a session, like if, if I wanted to go into the park and do a boot camp, for example, like how do I get someone to, to come with me? Like, I'm not just going to stand there in the park by myself and, uh, and throw around a wait for, for an hour. So how do you, how do you then get at least a couple of people to come and, and join the session? I mean, fairly simple, really. You've got to advertise that session. Um, I think we'll probably delve into this a little bit more as the as the podcast goes on. Um, but you've got to get you've got to understand how to get your how to get your word out there. How to where to place your essentially your your shop window. Um, you know, work work running a boot camp in the park isn't like a high street shop. So you've got to be able to get be clever at um, at placing that advert in front of the right people to get the right people to come to you, um, and and obviously this this takes time and 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 learning and and you can you know generally speaking we advise people to either deep dive into into marketing knowledge or just you know ask for help um, and like we did um, we we're, we're, we're open to bringing people in and, uh, and and asking those questions how do we how do we get our shop window out to the masses. It also depends, Matt. You know, if you're looking for a quick win, you could just advertise it on your Facebook page and get any old Jack or Joe to come in, mate. But if you actually want something that's sustainable and scalable, then you're going to need to sit down, work out who your dream customer is, and then go and essentially find out where they hang out, either online or or in your local area. And then you've got to you've got to you've got to put something in front of their faces that attracts them to come to your boot camp. So if it's Knowing you, mate, if it's uh, it's probably sustainability. So so that so that latter thing there about finding the the perfect person you want to work with. I think that's a, some really good advice as well because the people that I know at least who who try to set something up or try to start something, like the the getting started is the most difficult part and having a customer. Um, so you guys recommend to either get stuck into to learning how to do that yourself or bringing in a company to do it. Um, when you've got your session up and running, how do you then get enough clients to, to make that a, a sustainable business? Keep doing more of the same thing, really, Matt. Um, I mean, uh, we, I think we've always, you know, from experience, we've always um, been cautious with that approach. I mean, we've seen people fall down in that, in, 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 with that, um, stick on four or five sessions and expect them to fill up because they've got a company name above their, above their door or on their website. It doesn't work like that. Um, I mean, there are many ways to skin a cat on this. Um, obviously, you know, getting that first session running with eight to ten, you know, in, in, from our perspective, eight to ten youth athletes uh, on board, referrals are always a great way, um, especially if you're doing a good job and you're, and you're running a good practice. Um, a little sweetener to the, to the parents or the kids in the form of a, you know, a, a, a voucher or a prize can often bring another like-minded individual through your doors um, with, um, a, you know, potentially a good lifetime value. So if you're offering a, 
£40, £50 voucher out to that child that's brought someone else in, but you're, that child is going to stay with you for two or three years, that's a seriously good, uh, a good return for the money that you've spent. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, specific marketing tools. Um, we've heavily, we've we've used Facebook heavily, albeit we we I would say we winged it in the early early years. We really didn't know what we were doing. Since then, we've brought in the right people um, to essentially, um, you know, market our um, our youth uh, youth development program. And now we know that those adverts that are not only cleverly written, but they're going, they're, they're landing in the exactly the right person's inbox uh, or, or feed. Um, and so there's a higher chance then of the right person coming onto your program and therefore elongating that lifetime value. So it sounds uh, quite exponential by the time you get one or two of those people in and maybe they recommend a couple of people that that first investment in advertising all of a sudden becomes pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah, Matt. And I think one of the biggest reasons why people fall down early is they've got no clarity on their business and, and who they want to work with. Like I said to you a minute ago, me and Rob could pull in totally the wrong person and they could last five minutes. And, you know, they may have paid us that first month, but after the first couple of sessions, you'll see that they're not the right person. Um, the sessions aren't running how you want them to run. And you can quickly think uh, you can quickly lose lose face with it and uh, and want to give up. That's why those early sessions are really, really crucial because you will gain clarity and you will gain an understanding of actually who you want to work with. And the people that are coming through your doors might be some of the wrong people. And then you might also get some of the right people. And over time, you'll filter out the wrong people, like Rob said, and you'll start to pull in more of the, the right people as you, as you build your, your, your customer avatar, um, both the parent in our case and the child and what your dream person looks like that you'd want to walk through your door so those early days are, are crucial and you are gonna you know if you're just starting out and listening to this you are going to get it wrong but use those experiences to help build the business that you want in the next 18 to 24 months yeah and also i mean like, like we've already said do not be afraid to bring in the right people um you can't be good at everything uh, and you're going to spread yourself thinly if that's if that potentially is going to be your approach um, so don't be afraid of, of spending a little bit of money and investing in the right people to do the right job for you. And, and what kind of investment does that uh, look like in terms of cash? Are you, are you talking about maybe 10 to 100 uh, pounds or are you talking about hundreds of pounds? Or is there some kind of, um, yeah, maybe like a percentage of a sale uh, agreement where you can say, right, okay, if I sell uh, a, a number of uh, sessions and that costs the, the customer £100, then the, the marketing company gets 30%, for example. I think when you start out, Matt, you want to try and keep your outgoings as low as possible, at least to start with. Um, unless you've got a lump sum sat there, um, you want to try and you need to learn along the way as well. And if you've got a load of money just to throw at someone or something, it's probably not going to benefit you uh, as much in the long run because you've got to learn some of these lessons. But the stuff that we do is, uh, or the stuff that we pay for is someone to do our Facebook advertising for us. So we show them our, our dream customer. We then create our, our hook, our offer. Um, and then it's down to, it's down to um, a conversation between you and, and that person and how they, see, how they see fit. So it might be on an ROI, like you said, they might get X amount for who they bring in, or they might just charge you a, a straight up fee for, a given amount of time and they'll run your adverts and then you have to then choose how much money you want to pump into that. Um, of course, the 
the the options are endless for the people that you can bring in. It again, it depends on your skill level, but um, yeah, it's really down to kind of what money you have and 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 balancing what experiences you need to gain along the way to help build that business. I hope that kind of makes sense. So I don't know if Rob's got something to add to no, that. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, mate. Yeah. This podcast is also brought to you by Flex. Flex is the latest product to enter the velocity-based training market developed by the team at Gymware. Flex is the only laser-based training system available and it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub-500 US dollar category. It's wireless, portable, and it's super user-friendly. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from the competition at flexstronger.com. I think it's a really interesting point that you mentioned that you need to build your experiences up and learn along the way. Um, even if you, for example, uh, decide to, to give that work to someone else who's more skilled, um, it's important to understand, roughly speaking, what's going on there as well. Um, out, out of yeah. interest, guys, what is your perfect customer? Because you mentioned that a couple of times. What does that look like for you? Um, so obviously the parents are the stakeholders here, Matt. Um, so that essentially they become our perfect customer and that's who we advertise to. Um, ultimately, um, you know, they're, they're, they're paying, they're paying our wages. And, um, and so those are the pre people that we largely have to attract. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but yeah, we can, we can, I mean, we spend, we spend a, a good amount of time delving into that perfect customer and what they look like. Everything from their first name, um, all the way down to the car they drive, to the job they do, to the place they live, to the school that their children goes to, goes, goes to where they hang out online, the things they're interested in, the magazines they read, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I hope that, hope that gives you an idea of, um, and that, that, that will help us and that will help our, our, essentially our advertising guide direct that advert to exactly the right person. And that's, that's super specific. It has to be um, because... You know, like Sam said earlier, if it's if it's not specific, we are. Um, I, I like to think of it like a dartboard, and that's the analogy I use. So when an advert goes out, um, we want that advert going to the bullseye. And um, if we haven't done our if we haven't done our customer avatar um, description well enough, then that advert will, will will not go directly to the bullseye. It will go to the you know the the, the space around it, and maybe the space around that. Uh, and in that way, we're not getting the right person onto our program. And like Sam said earlier, they are probably not going to have uh, a, as, as, big a, as big a lifetime value. Uh, and we don't want that. So we want that advert. We, we've got to get specific with that avatar because we want that advert hitting the bullseye. Um, yes, we're probably going to get a few around the fringes uh, and a few up around those fringes as well. Um, but that's okay. We know we've, we, we know we've got that, uh, that advert out to the right avatar and we're going to get a decent lifetime value out of that, um, that customer. Fantastic. So that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So by the time you've, uh, you've then got all of that in order, you've got a fair few customers, um, and you're kind of happy with how the business is going. How do you then start to scale that up to be even more lucrative? Yeah. Good question that Matt. And, and I think I think Rob mentioned it earlier, and this is this is the first thing that we wrote down for this is earn the right to progress. Um, you, like Rob said, just because you've you've got your own maybe your own unit, your own facility, uh, you, you're working under your own company, doesn't mean you should go and then put on 20 sessions in the in, in the hope that they're just going to fill and grow. 
you start with one session, you go to two sessions, you go to three, you probably can paint the picture from what happens then onwards. Obviously, you want to fill you want to fill your time as as much as you want so that you can still um, work um, on the business, not just in the business to help obviously keep keep growing and keep scaling. But it, it's down to you as an individual. Some some people will just be happy with uh, their own business, giving them a full-time job. And once they've got, I don't know, 10 sessions going a week, they'll, they'll be happy with that. Others, like me and Rob, want to want want to scale that even further. So it's about filling our time as much as we want that we're happy to handle. Then obviously you've then got the option to bring in other coaches into your facility and keep that program grow, uh, growing and uh, moving. And eventually you could be setting up, you know, franchise like like um, sessions up, up, you know, up and down the country. It's a world your oyster and whatever model that you see fit to make it to make it scalable. You, you know, you could you could do that, um, whether it be a franchise or you're hiring other coaches uh, under your name and getting them to set the sessions up on like a self-employed basis or, or, or whatever it may be. There could be camps, monthly camps running. I don't know, central locations and then and then kids go off and have stuff to work on or work with another coach that you've employed. You know, these are all avenues that, that we're certainly looking at, especially maybe post post this whole um pandemic to to to, to get our child of champion program out nationwide. And and I think anyone that's starting out, again, get the sessions go, grow, uh, going and then you start gaining clarity and you start understanding where potentially that business could go. And I don't think you can possibly give an answer to that if you haven't started running this stuff yourself so you need to, to i know it always comes back to the same thing but but get something going because that's the best way to to learn and see where you want to take things and in terms of like a, a career pathway um at what stage in your career do you think that people could and should be doing this is that something that they should be starting when they're 18 fresh out of school maybe going to university or is that something that you should do when you've um, maybe got a few years experience under your belt and you've got something that you can actually uh, sell as such? I don't think it matters, Matt, to be honest. I, 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 I think, um, you know, start exploring business opportunities as early as possible. Um, I, I don't think you necessarily need to have, um, you know, experience under your belt. Um, yeah, maybe maybe some coaching experience. But, you know, as we've discussed already, that actually becomes a really, really small part of um, running a day-to-day business, um, you know, steering your ship and, and trying to get the boat going faster takes up an awful lot of, um, you know, a, a time around that. So that becomes, in a sense, the priority. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly advise anyone, anyone uh, in and around that university age, start learning this stuff now um, as early as possible because it will set you up for the future without a doubt if that's the route you want to take. Mate, that's uh, that's fantastic advice. Um, so, in terms of time, we're cutting it fine. Um, I want to ask both of you: What is the one thing that you see or do differently, which the world can learn from? Which is the most difficult question we can find. That is a challenging one. Yeah, and I think well, we I, I think unanimously it's going to be. Unfortunately for you, Matt, very much the same answer because um, when this question came up, we both sort of said the same thing. And I think obviously we're not the only ones only ones doing it, but. Um, what we see in SNC is uh, a big focus on becoming a better SNC coach, but not learning the marketing tools to to rapidly or just grow grow your business. I think a lot of people think that because I'm a they're a really really good coach that people are just going to pour through their doors, and 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 that's not the case. The two aren't the two aren't um, 
connected. Um, you know that your dream customer doesn't really care if you're a, accredited this or accredited that. They, you know, they're not bothered about that. Um, so the big thing that coaches need to go and do, the big takeaway is go and learn the tools, the marketing tools to 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 grow your business, and that will probably set you apart from a lot of other coaches and personal trainers and, and so on and so forth out there. Yeah, I'd second that. I mean, you can, like, as Sam said, you can be, you can have all the credentials uh, and have spent, um, you know, your your thirty grand on your uh, on your degrees and masters and uh, etc. and worked in pro sport. But if you can't put your shop window in the right place and tell people about what you're doing, um, you know, standing at the at, at the entrance to your gym isn't going to bring them in. Um, you, you've got to be. You've got to be getting yourself out there. You've got to be also using the right terminology when you do it. Um, we've been guilty of it as well. Uh, you know, back in the day when we were trying this advertising lark ourselves um, of using um, completely the wrong terminology and expecting people to to lap that stuff up. And I mean, I mean, sort of techno babble. Um, and you can you can just imagine people reading that advert and their eyes just glazing over and not understanding a word of it. Uh, and so that that's been changed radically. Um, and consequently, um, you know, the, uh, the, the phone, the phone keeps ringing and the, and the emails keep coming in. So, um, yeah, it's, it's becoming, yeah, by all means be a good coach, but you've also got to be, um, you've got to be an attractive character to the people that want to employ you. Absolutely brilliant. So Sam Guy and Rob Smordham, massive thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure everyone does his listen as well. Absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks, Matt. Pleasure. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Sam and Rob for all of their hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of our free-to-download agility mini-course, and that is all you need to know on agility broken into bite-sized chunks. If you're interested, just check out the show notes where you can download that in a few seconds' time. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast... I would also absolutely love it if you would be able to share that on social media. Be sure to tag Science of Sport in there. We'll get that shared for you to a huge social media audience. And if you do share and enjoy it, make sure also to subscribe on whichever platform you feel necessary. So that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.